Well, hello, this is Rudy Holland. I want to thank you for tuning in again today for another podcast as we are studying together or actually just leaning together from the book of Philippians. I want to encourage you to get your Bible and turn with us to chapter number one in the book of Philippians. Now, we've had two or three sessions from the book of Philippians and we had some technical difficulties, and one of those uh, was not aired. So if I, if I repeat myself, I'm doing so um, purposely because I want to be sure that we get <clears throat> the continuity, the content of, uh, of chapter, uh, chapter number one of Philippians. You will recall <clears throat> excuse me, that Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul to a church in Philippi. The Apostle Paul was a prisoner of, uh, of Rome, in Rome. He was actually under house arrest, and it is believed that it's during that time that he, that he penned this letter to the church in Philippi. As he writes the book, he emphasizes a couple things. One, he emphasizes having fellowship with, uh, with the brethren and how important fellowship is. Then... But the, but the theme of the book that weaves it way, its way all the way through all four chapters is a matter of having joy. Joy is vastly different from happiness. You see, <clears throat> happiness is dependent upon circumstances in our life and situations in our lives. Joy is an inner peace and an inner contentment regardless of the circumstances that are in our, in our lives. Therefore, when circumstances are adverse, we begin to look and view those circumstances with peace in our heart, contentment that God is in control of our lives, and we begin to look then for the opportunities that these obstacles may bring to our lives. Let, let me just quickly give you, and I gave you this in one of the other podcasts, but let me just give you this. In chapter number one, Paul's talking about how we can have fullness of joy uh, even in the midst of our um, uh, of going through difficult times. And in so doing, he points out several things. He said, first of all, he said, adverse circumstances, and even these circumstances that I'm going through, I'm sure it was in his mind, here in Rome have, um, have increased my fellowship. In other words, he's met people there. He's led to Christ and got to know. Him. And uh, so his fellowship is increased. He said, but not only that, he said, but and we'll talk about this a little bit this morning or today, uh, is he, ta- he, he talks about how these obstacles, these cir- adverse circumstances have increased the furtherance of the gospel. In other words, it's open doors of opportunity for him to share the gospel. Later on, he talks about how his, his adverse circumstances had increased the faith of others. Boys, let me just make a comment about that. I cannot tell you how many times I have met people who have undergone, undergone tremendous adversity. And I have met them, talked with them, or maybe read their stories or testimonies, 
And uh, I have been very moved, encouraged, stirred to do more and be more because of the adversity they had gone through. I knew that God would see me through whatever obstacles or adversity I was facing. So Paul is trying to, to build the, uh, this encouragement in the hearts and the lives of these Philippian believers. I would like to begin our uh, discussion uh, today in verse 12 of chapter 1. It's along the very lines I've been talking. Paul said, But I would that you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather for the furtherance of the gospel. In verse 13 he says, So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in the palace and in all other places. He said, Here in the palace where I've been a prisoner and all these other places as I've moved about and as my my captors have allowed and, and have met people, has been used for the furtherance of the gospel. It's interesting whenever Paul closes out the writing of this letter to the church in Philippi, and he's offering his greetings of others in the area, he includes in them those of Caesar's household. I wonder who they were. Oh, they were those people that Paul had led to Christ, whether it was the Philippian jailer or whoever, that he had led to Christ while he was in a very adverse situation. Let me encourage you today. Regardless of what's going on in your life, just uh, just see it as an opportunity to share the gospel. Sometimes it's harder for us to do that when we're grieving or when we're fearful or when we think that we're facing some challenges that are maybe far beyond our own personal abilities. But my dear friend, God is able to use adversity in our lives to bring honor and glory to Him and to bless others. Let me share a story with you, and it'll probably take most of my time, but but, but it's worthy of your hearing. There was a little lady in a, in a nursing home, and she was sitting there in a, in a wheelchair, and she had no use of her limbs. She had to be fed. She had to be put to bed. All of her uh, uh, total care had to be given to her. But she did have the ability to speak, and, and she had the ability to think. One day, her caregiver came in, and she was crying. And she said, let me die. Please, let me die. And the caregiver spoke and said, why in the world would you say that? She said, I can do nothing for myself. I'm good for nothing or no one. Please let me die. And the caregiver very wisely said, no, you're so very important to me. And the elderly lady, the lady that was handicapped, who was physically challenged, said, why would I be important to you? And the caregiver began to cry. She said, you see, my husband died suddenly of a heart attack a few years ago. I never worked outside the home. We have, he left two children, 
and my and, and for me to take care of. And you see, if you weren't here, here, there would be no need for me to work here. You're so very important to me. I want you to think about that. See, the, the very worst that we see of our adversity sometimes can be the very best for somebody else. We need to be sure we see opportunity in every obstacle. I hope you'll think about that. And what are you going through today that you'll share the gospel? Now, I want to close out, and I only have a few minutes, so I'll have to maybe skip down a little bit. But Paul goes on and he talks about how that his, uh, in verse 14, and many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident in my bonds are much more bold to speak the word of truth. You see, Paul's sufferings had had a tremendous effect of building confidence and boldness in the hearts of other believers. Then he goes on both and he says, but now there are some who preach Christ even of envy and strife and some also of goodwill. Now, he lists two groups of people there. He said, now, there are some out there who don't like me. Now, I, I, that's a really paraphrase. But they are, they're jealous. The word envy there is jealous. They're quarrelsome. They argue about some of the things that I preach or some of my methodology. They, they, they're just they're, they're contentious. He said, but they preach the gospel. And I'm so glad they preach the gospel, he'll say a little later on. He says in verse 16, the one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds. He said, some of them even preaching the gospel and they think they're hurting me because they're challenging me on some of my, of the way I do things. Or He said, but the other of love. He said, there are some who preach and, and agree with me and love me, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. But verse 18 is what I want to close with today. What then? Notwithstanding, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Can I, can I just share this with you? There are people out there that I don't agree with, and there are people out there that don't agree with me. And you know what? I decided a long time ago, if they'll preach Jesus, if they'll preach him crucified, buried, risen the third day, if they believe the Bible is the inspired and errant infallible word of God, if they believe his death on the cross was a total payment for sin, if they believe in the basic fundamental doctrines of the Scripture, all these other things, oh, I may hold them great, with great respect and in, in high esteem, and they may reject some of those things, but I'm not going to criticize them. I'm not going to be jealous if they have larger churches. I'm not going to be offended if they don't always toe the same road that I toe or position I have on particular issues. I'm just going to praise God the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached. Now, my closing thought is you and I need to understand that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And you and I need to understand that if our joy is to be full, if we're to really make the most of our relationship with Jesus, we've got to see opportunities and every obstacles. And we've got to stop objecting and criticizing those that don't always agree with us and just praise God 
if the gospel of Jesus is being preached. Well, I hope you think about these things today. Thank you for tuning in. I look forward to being with you again in the next podcast. Until then, have a great day. God bless you, and goodbye.